I'm Tom Ballard and this is What's the Story, the podcast where we go in deep on this month's Editor's Extra, a bonus bestseller that Audible members are loving. It's like a book club for your ears. This month we've been listening to the Audible original Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins. You're listening to live coaching sessions with real people. Hi, Mel. I'm Aisha Hamid from Pakistan. Love you, Mel. Hi, Mel. I want to be coached by you. Pick me, Mel. Hi, Mel. My name is Louise. I'm from Brazil. Five, four, three, two, one. Come on, Mel Robbins. Please pick me. Facing real problems. Anxiety of what other people think. Self-acceptance is my biggest thing. Procrastination is causing me to just build a wall. The fear of losing weight. That shit's deep as fuck. And experiencing real change. That's powerful. That was the Real Talk Express. <sighs> oh, shit. Now I really know what to do, and I feel empowered. That is nuts, Mel. You blew <laughs> my shit away. This is Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins. There you go, everybody. There is some motivational shit right there. And it's very appropriate, actually, considering that this month, October, is Mental Health Awareness Month. So there you go. Now, just a disclaimer, if you haven't listened to Kick-Ass yet, 54321, stop this podcast. Go listen to it and then come on back. That'll help you get the most out of this show. Also, a disclaimer that there is a little bit of adult language in this episode, and that does include some words that are slightly stronger than ass, just so you know. I have two lovely guests joining me on What's the Story this month to discuss what they made of Kick-Ass. First up is a comedian, writer, actor, and one of the stars of ABC's Rosehaven, a person whose life is clearly already perfect in every way, <laughs> Celia Pacola. Hi, Thank Seals. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Where were you while you were listening to Kick-Ass? I was usual doing push-ups and charity work. Obviously. Um, no. Obviously. Big uh, part of your life. Usually when I was getting doing my makeup or cooking. Also with us today is a best-selling author and performance coach expert. He's worked with CEOs, the Australian cricket team, and the Sydney Swans, Andrew May. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Tom. Lovely to have you on the show. Where were you while you were listening to this? I assume you're also doing push-ups and drinking no, smoothies uh, and living your best life. Finishing a uh, pack of Winnie Red and drinking scotch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was driving to Canberra for my son's Kanga Cup soccer match and thought I'd just listen to one episode and then I listened to three. Right. Uh, and then I listened to the rest of it in between soccer games. I did wow. a bit of driving while listening to this too and it really focuses the mind. I think you'd think about your life when you're driving anyway. Yeah. But when I was listening to this series, it really, it actually, there were a few like quite emotional moments when I reflected on what we were hearing from the sessions and thinking about how it spoke to me. I found it voyeuristic, so I sort of started listening to it and then three lessons in, I was still listening and the kids are saying, Dad, can we go to McDonald's? I'm like, yeah, we will soon, guys. There's another one coming up. Because it is very much one of those things because, classically speaking, therapy sessions... Private. Yes. Normally. <laughs> Ideally one-on-one. Yeah. But sometimes recorded and put out into the world like yeah. they are in this series. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being here. Let's let's just start off by laying out how we feel about the world of self-help off the bat. I'll admit I'm a little bit of a cynic. Sometimes <laughs> I think this stuff can be a bit American and cheesy and a bit dodgy. Mm. Seals, how about you? Well, we've known each other for some time, Tom, so yes. you would know. I, I, in my life, I reckon I've bought at least 100 to 200 <laughs> self-help books. I think I've read... None of them. Yep. <laughs> I start, honestly, I've started them. I don't think I've ever finished one, ever. Really? And I've, I've got psychics in my past. I've been known to have crystals in my bra. I'm open for trying anything. <laughs> but for me personally, none of them have been particularly lasting. So now I look at everything new that comes up and I go, oh, yeah. That's so funny because we used to live together and I remember yeah. you talking to me about going to psychics. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a massive, and still I'm a massive cynic <laughs> about psychics, but I remember you telling me, that it was more about, it was just nice to go along and sit down with someone who's a stranger, who doesn't know all your ins and outs and all your relationships, yeah. and just talk about your life. It's someone who, who 
looks like they know who says everything's going to be fine. <laughs> it doesn't generally mean that I believe in them telling the future. But it, what I realised, see, it turns out I needed therapy, not yes. ah. <laughs> a, a fortune teller. But um, so, so I am particularly a bit sceptical. I was very sceptical going in this as well. Partic- but I was excited about the brash style. Okay. I was looking forward to that rather than because my most, my biggest bugbear is the too positive, the your you're a rainbow element, you are everything. So I was excited for the someone who says, who might actually call out some bullshit. All right, talk a bit of uh, tough love. Yeah. Andrew, you obviously do this uh, for a living. This is a big part of your life. What, what are your thoughts about the, the self-help industry generally and particularly yeah. Mel Robbins' approach? Uh, interesting listening to both of you talk about that. I have a love-hate relationship with the word motivational speaker. Right. I am one, so if you're not a... <laughs> If you're not a motivational or an inspirational speaker, you don't get booked. So I would do 50 to 70 talks in a year, predominantly Australia, Asia, some overseas in Europe now as well. Um, and I think I've only started to own that and wear it because you know when I first started, I, I finished school in Dubbo. So my mates, Ego, Mario, Dino and Lapo, and you can't write this shit. Uh, <laughs> Andy, tell us one of your motivation speaker stories. And like I've learned to live with the fact motivational speaker, but I think we all need a bit of motivating or a bit of pushing every now and then. Yeah. Uh, but this space, from my end, and, and so I've done degrees in exercise physiology, the body. I had master's in coaching psychology, the brain, and I'm starting a PhD in linking both together. So looking at you know body, brain, and the connection. Um, I'm really sceptical about a lot of these people in this space, but I found Mel authentic. Uh, I found there was quite a lot of rigour behind a lot of the constructs. So whether... And, and, and digging up, I didn't see that she'd studied psychology, and, and you don't need to, because sometimes I think some academics and some people have got... You know, all these degrees have their head up their backside. Mm. So practical life degree she's got. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sceptical about this space. Yeah. Isn't it because we want you want the quick fix? Because yeah. actually, the truth is, it's probably long, yeah, hard I, and boring work I want to improve in yourself. My <laughs> If I put crystals in my bra, apart from getting itchy, look, I want to look good, feel good, sound good and everything else. But you've got to do the work, right? Yeah, and that's what it I liked about like... Mel, that to get results, you have to do the work. Well, uh, so we all had a level of uh, scepticism going in. I was pleasantly surprised, I must say. In the first session, that was with Kim. You might remember Kim who was having trouble with procrastinating. She couldn't quit smoking. Uh, in fact, throughout her morning, she regularly uh, put things off by telling herself, I'll do it after one more cigarette, right? And I had a bit of a light bulb moment when they were talking about this in the coaching session and and Mel Robbins said this. Well, what it's become is it's become a very physical and repeated form of procrastinating. Yeah. That's what it's become. Yeah. Whenever you don't want to do something, it's your way to quit over and over and over again for <gasps> life. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Wow. The irony is with the smoking is you're trying to quit. And so that's why you don't see the fact that smoking is actually the way that you quit and opt out of life. And that was an aha for me because I totally saw myself in that. I am a massive procrastinator. I work at home. I write my little jokes at home. And I just, if I answer two emails, I go, well, that deserves a reward. I'm going to quit basically by watching, you know, two seasons of a show on Netflix. I'm going to constantly reward myself with little treats just to get through the day. And I can just see how that recurrent behavior is me constantly quitting on, of quitting the job of getting on and trying to do what I'm supposed to be doing that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the takeaway from that from that episode? It was taking responsibility. So yeah. it, was, it was putting the onus on her. Mm. Uh, it stopped making excuses. So what I read into that is every time she was quitting, she's trying to say, oh, I'm trying. But she wasn't really taking responsibility. And that was the theme throughout that. Mel was saying, look, stop bullshitting yourself. So she was blunt. Yeah, yeah. which well, I really liked. Did that work for you, Celia, or no? I, I found this was probably my least 
favourite episode. I thought it was an interesting one to start with. I really warmed to it. By the end, I really liked them all. But that one I found in particular not a huge aha. It was kind of like, just stop. <laughs> just stop doing it. I didn't find that particular revelation. I was like, well... God. Yes, you should stop. Do I, you... I want to quit smoking because it's getting in the way of me doing things. Well, you should stop. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. I should stop. And I was like, what? But, but y- they got more and more interesting to me as it went. So it was fine. It just wasn't my favourite of the sessions. Which session did uh, resonate with you? For me, it was the third one yep. with Jesse because what I really liked, because I think with this show, you've got to think about whether you're listening to it for entertainment or for self-help. And um, I thought this episode had... Both really, really, really good revelations because I think a theme in all of them is what the contestant is the wrong word subject. What are we calling the people? <laughs> Victim, the <laughs> subject, contestant. Well, right. well, yes, so they the, did. What are they? What do we call them? The people, not Mel. The, the coaching club. They're the human co- beings, the Celia. They're human yes, beings. They are the people. But what I found they all had in common is is what they thought their sort of issue or problem was going into the session was yeah. not what they came out thinking it was, and I found that really fascinating. And I thought that was the most obvious in session three with Jessie when she wants to lose weight, struggled to lose weight because she's self-sabotaged and she had a trauma and it's from fear. And Mel just flipped it and within 40 minutes went, no, you're a narcissist who's using food and eating for power and you don't actually want to lose weight. And having being able to sit there and hear the revelation and Jesse admit that actually, yes, that in the problem was some pretty incredible listening. Let's have a listen to that moment now. You like your weight. Yes, because, that's true. Oh, tell that's me true. more. <laughs> I do like my weight. Um, Why do you like being fat? And I'm going to use that word. That's okay. It is fat. Yeah. Why do you like being the size you are? Oh, maybe it's because I'm. Oh shit. Because I'm the fattest person in the room. <laughs> so that makes me special somehow. Uh huh. Oh, this is very interesting. Um, it almost gives me a reason to be angry at people. Like I feel like people are judging me, but they, they're maybe not even saying anything, but they look at me, and then I'm like, oh. They think I'm fat. I hate them. Now, that was pretty intense because remember she was saying her weight loss was tied to the fact that she was sexually abused as a child, right? So that's what she's coming in there. That's her explanation. That's what she tells herself. And Mel says, nah, you're wrong there. This is about your narcissism. Like that's that's a pretty full-on thing to say to someone, a survivor of abuse, right? I thought this one could have gone either way. I was sort of listening to this going, ooh, getting into some fairly dangerous territory. Uh, Now, we don't know what went on behind the scenes. That's what, yeah. I would hope that there was a psychologist and they screened people and and those that were highly stressed, anxious and depressed uh, either had some support or weren't actually put in the series. Um, But I was sort of sitting on the precipice on my seat as I I was driving to camera thinking, oh, I don't know where this one's going to go. Now, the, the result on that was good, mm. but I thought um, some pretty big jumps going from abused as a child through to being overweight and self-esteem issues and you're a freaking narcissist. I, I, you get the very strong impression, as, as tricky territory as it was, you did really feel like this was a, a yeah. moment of realisation. And as a takeaway out of that, for me, and I think the whole series walks this very fine line between acknowledging what happened to you, not what's wrong with you, what happened to you, as Mel Robbins says, and not playing the victim. You know what I mean? That, that, that weird balance between we're all shaped by our experiences and some really bad things can happen to you which create trauma, but moving forward and whether you want to make the most out of your life, how much does that event shape who you are 
and shape the direction that you're heading in now. It's your story, right? And most people, you can trace their story to an incident or a critical moment Mm. as a child, and then we carry that story throughout our lives. And she was great at picking that thread up with each different person. Um, Andrew, what coaching session resonated to you? Episode five with Stephen, uh, with the self-doubt. It's a similar theme, Mm Celia. It's about the inner voice we have and the the gap between what we think other people see and what we sometimes tell ourselves. Uh, And I'm often asked this, you know, you're a a motivation coach, performance coach, you must have all of your shit together. God, no. (laughs) I think I'm a much better coach now because I've talked to people authentically, honestly. And I, I think when I first started my career, um, you know, I'd go to the textbook. So if I was talking to a client and they said they're stressed and they're going through grief, I'd go to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross five stages of grief and, you know, I'd, I'd go through technical models. Um, that's rubbish, you know. If anyone thinks that they've got all their stuff together, if that's your coach, run away, press eject, go find someone else. So I, I, I resonated with this one, both listening to Stephen and also myself, you know, with some of the self-doubt I've had, um, even though we project that we've got all of that shit together. Okay, let's have a listen to Mel talking to Stephen. He's got a problem with self-doubt. Mel Robbins suggests this technique of naming uh, the behaviours or the coping mechanisms that might help him out. She asks him to picture someone annoying in his life, and he identifies Sharon. Is it annoying when Sharon talks and gripes and tells you to worry about all this stuff? Mm-hmm. So when you start the pattern of thinking stuff that doesn't serve you. I'm fat. I'm lazy. No one's going to hire me. I'm going to get a speeding ticket. Uh, I'm going to be sweating. You're going to be like, go away, Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. Can you own this? Yes. Yes. So when the, when the, when the nagging thoughts come, Uh shut up, Sharon. Yes. (laughs) And then just go back to that feeling of I'm a great person. Yes. Uh, this is called labelling. Is that sort of the technique that it's There's referred to, There's a couple of psychology constructs at play here, Tom. The, the first one is self-talk. So we all talk to ourselves every single day. We have thousands of internal thoughts. But we're not educated at school how to reauthor those thoughts. And one way to reauthor those, if we have a lot more negative thoughts rather than the performance-enhancing thoughts, is a term called labelling. Now, I've done this with my kids. So um, my kids are a little bit older. They'll know, Archer will know, that Grumpy George and Michaela will know that Rude Ruth are examples of labelling. So at a young <laughs> age, knowing a little bit about this, when Mickey you know, was being a little bit cantankerous as a five, six-year-old can be, rather than, you know, your behaviour is terrible, we label. That's Rude Ruth. Rude Ruth got a one-way ticket to Denmark, where Mickey's grandmother came from, and she hasn't come back, which is great. <laughs> so I've done this with my kids, and, and so you don't look at me and go, oh my God, your kids are a psychological experiment. No. Great. I think this really helps big kids. I do this with my coaching clients to have a bit of fun and to play with our thoughts because, you know, you, you two are in the, the spotlight as well, especially as comedians. Be funny now. Like, are you always funny? Yes. Book me for next corporate event. Some of the comedians I know aren't funny at times, and then mm. you know, you've got to have the highs and the lows. Oh, the totally. Downs. Mm. That's how you get into the humour. So mm. I, I think labelling, though, allows us to play with our thoughts and not take ourselves too serious. And when we have challenges, to actually go, look, I am an okay person, and, and I can deal with that if I label it. All right, we're going to hear more from Celia and Andrew in a second, but now let's hear directly from Mel Robbins herself. I got to chat to Mel here. She is explaining to me how she became the Mel Robbins, why she sometimes takes a bit of a tough love approach in her coaching, and even giving us all her number one piece of advice. Mel Robbins, welcome to What's the Story? Well, thank you. 
Five, four, three, two, one. Let's do it. <laughs> Shut up, Sharon. I'm, I'm starting a new chapter. I'm owning my story. Let's kick some ass. Woo! <laughs> Shut up, Sharon. That is that, uh, that's a good one. Yes. Uh, first up, for people who aren't familiar with the Mel Robbins story before they came to kick ass, can you just give us a, a quick snapshot of how you went from a 41-year-old former criminal defense lawyer whose life was a bit shitty to becoming who you are now, one of the most booked motivational coaches in the whole world and a professional optimist? Well, 10 years ago, I was facing bankruptcy and divorce and uh, struggling with drinking too much. And I was unemployed and I was swallowed by my bed every morning. And it was at that moment when life was testing me that I invented a little brain hack by mistake that I now call the five second rule to help me get out of bed as the bed and depression was swallowing me. And the way that it works is you simply count backwards five, four, three, two, one, when you need to do something that you don't feel like doing. And you'll be surprised at simply counting backwards five, four, three, two, one has this powerful effect of launching you forward. And I ended up sharing it in a Ted talk. That Ted talk went crazy viral And next thing you know, 18 million people had watched the TED Talk and they started writing, wanting more information about this five second rule thing. And so I wrote a book about it called The Five Second Rule. I self-published it on Audible. It has become one of the most popular audiobooks and self-published audiobooks ever. And that led to Audible and I deciding, wow, There's an awful lot of people that love advice, not from an expert, but from somebody who has survived life and their own bullshit. There are some moments in Kick-Ass where you get pretty honest with people. You go pretty hard. You call them on their shit. Uh, I'm thinking of the way you you talk to Jesse about her weight problems and her experience of sexual abuse or Stephen and his sort of victimhood. Is it scary talking to vulnerable people like that during coaching sessions where they're putting everything out there and and you're staring them right in the face and um, giving them the hard truth and showing a bit of tough love? It's not scary at all. Does it ever backfire or go badly for you? Never. The reason why is it's not a shtick. I'm not harsh or mean or hard on somebody because I think that's what gets ratings or sells audiobooks. I'm doing it because I have an intent to help somebody get unstuck. And every single person that submits a video, flies to Boston, and walks into that studio is doing so for one reason. They're tired of where their life is. And so kissing somebody's ass and being kind and nice, that's not going to get the job done. My job is to listen and to listen for patterns and to listen for bullshit and to listen for the thing that the person that I'm talking to can't see. Mel Robbins, what is one thing that we can all do today to help us kick butt? Well, my number one piece of advice is I don't sleep with my phone. Because if it were next to my bed, I would turn off the alarm on the phone and then I would immediately start scrolling through social media and my shit would be broken all day. And so instead, I wake up to the alarm and I realize, okay, wait a minute. Before I turn on the TV, before I look at my phone, before I let the world in, I got 10 minutes right now. And what do I want this day to be about? Think about what you want to do for you today. Thank you. That is that is brilliant and wonderful, great advice that I will definitely not follow because I'm addicted. But thank you so your much. Your shit <laughs> is broken, okay? I just tried to kick your ass and you're like, yeah, no, thank you. Good night. Bye. 
Thank you, Mel Robbins, my best friend. Andrew, I want to get stuck into your expertise. You, as you mentioned before, have a master's in coaching psychology. How does it actually work? What, what are the things that you learn to allow you to give other people advice about how they should live their lives? Yeah, well, I, I said a little bit earlier, I think there's, there's two things that qualify people to give advice, Tom. One is I, I think you do need some qualifications mm. because you can get an out-of-work entertainer, you know, barista, go and do a 10, 12-day course and they're suddenly a life coach. And then you've got psychologists who've done years and years of work and they are seen in the same bracket. That, that's one thing. I think you need to have some qualifications. But the other thing is life experience. Um, and so I find I connect much better with a client, with an audience, with my B-side. So think of a cassette when we're all younger. Uh, did you have cassettes? When yes, you were yes, I had cassettes. <laughs> so the A-side <laughs> is your top hit. So that's your degrees and all the stuff you've done really well. But I find the B-side now as a coach and as a speaker and as an author connects with more people. Because if you're there saying, hey, I've got everything right, people are really sceptical. So for me, going through a marriage breakdown seven and a half years ago, for me, going through cancer 10 years ago, and for me, almost going bankrupt when I had an employee borrowed some money, she just didn't tell me. <laughs> um, that, that's given me scar tissue. And I can now look at a client and say, I get it. I, I know what it's like to be functioning depressed. I know what it's like to be you know, told you've got a life-threatening illness rather than the textbook. So I, I think a balance of the both is what really connects. And I think that's Erin Mel Robbins, right? When yeah. Mel Robbins really works, she brings it back to, I was a narcissist. I had a problem with smoking. I've been in the shit. My life bottomed out when she was like in her early 40s, everything went to hell and then she figured out the five second rule and turned things around. Yeah, but in that way that wasn't, I'm trying to make it about me. It, no. was, it always seemed to be in a way that was just naturally helping them to open up more. It was disarming. Yeah. Um, and, and she used to quote, you've got to break down in order to break through. I, I really resonated with that. And, and I've seen this with a lot of, you see it with a lot of comedians, a lot of actors, you know, those people that really connect with a broader spectrum of people, they haven't always just had the one track, A tracks playing. They've, they've had hardship. They've seen the other side and they've got that grit or that scar tissue that allows them you know, to keep going, but allows them to connect with a whole lot more people. And I think that's one of her real strengths is, and, it, it's, and it's that authentic connection. And awareness of her limitations, right? In several points throughout the sessions, she says, mm. you should go get professional help. Mm. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a psychologist. And just once again, you know, it all ties into this month, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. There is a difference between the kind of coaching that we're hearing about and getting professional help if you need it, which you should absolutely do. No stigma attached. Really important point, that. Really important point, because there's some people, they don't need affirmations. They need to go and see a psychologist or a counsellor and actually start with some basic skills. Because if you're waking up every day and you're feeling really sad, and if you're having you know, thoughts about harming yourself, saying affirmations or what's good in your life will only make you feel, feel worse. So from a fairly simple construct, think about below the line, stress, anxiety, depression. Above the line is more the stuff Mel's really focusing on, which is that performance psychology and getting people to change their life. Which is, as I, as I say, sorry to bring it back to me, I don't know how Mel does it to make it sound in a knot. Now let's talk about me kind of way. But um, as I was saying earlier, because I used to, very early days, psychic self-help, all that stuff, before it occurred to me that perhaps therapy, perhaps medication was something that I should have been looking into, which I then did and made every, a world mm. of difference. But it did. there was a long time where it was just, I'll just sort of play around the edges and not really, not really tackling problems well, If we can pick on. that up on therapy, it is Mental mm. Health Awareness Month, especially for guys, Tom. And I find as men in Australia, globally, but especially in Australia, we've got that image of, you know, the, the strong Aussie ochre male. And if you're feeling sad or depressed, you know, shear a sheep, you know, kick a footy or slam down a VB or a forex, depending <laughs> where you live, uh, it's bullshit. So if, uh, for men, it is okay to not always be okay. Yeah. And so, Celia, when people now say, I've got a psychologist or a counsellor, I think 10, 15 years ago, we 
go, oh, what's wrong? Now it's like, mm. oh, great. So there's more of an acceptance, but it needs to go further, especially with young men. Celia Bacola and Andrew May, we are definitely not the only people who have been listening to Mel Robbins and kick ass. There are heaps of other people who have done so and they've left some thoughts on the internet, letting the world know their views. We thought we'd uh, hear a few of them now. Celia, you have some feedback from Kelly. Yes, I do. But before I say that, just on, on from a personal note, overall, I found this a, a very interesting and engaging listen, but it is something strange about having discussions and even listening to when you know that it is real people and real people's lives with real trauma and real pain. So yeah. I just wanted to put that out there as there is a sort of edge of that and it makes me feel kind of strange talking about it. <laughs> but I want to believe that that uh, all of their lives have been improved from this and that Mel is doing it from a good place. Yeah. So that's from me. Feedback from Kelly. An absolute gut punch mixed with diarrhoea excitement for my future. <laughs> wow. I am shocked how every interview hit me hard and made me face the very things that hold me back. Thanks, Mel, and the team for yet another eye-opener. Thank you, Kelly. There you go. I mean, I, 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 I totally see where you're coming from with your comment too, Celia. I would say that everyone went into this competition. No, what is even a competition? They went into this series pretty wide-eyed, right? And they, they knew that their session was going to be recorded and knew they wanted that one-on-one time with Mel Robbins too. So, And obviously for Kelly and for lots of other people and the bits and pieces that we seem diarrhea to have taken out of the excitement. series. We've got diarrhoea excitement. Um, Andrew, how about you? Uh, not diarrhoea excitement, but I've got a message from Nicole. Mel Robbins is great to listen to. I'm so glad she narrated this herself. Kick ass is some deep coaching sessions that may be hard for some to listen to, especially if you've been through some traumatic experiences. I had to listen in strides because it brought up a lot of anxiety and past trauma for me, but it was super helpful in visiting those parts of me not healed yet. Just do it smartly. I love the book. It opens up areas that I needed to work on. How do we do it smartly, Andrew? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. I, I, I think everyone should at least, if you don't have a coach, have a buddy you can talk to and talk authentically, not the facade, the veneer, get into some of the Mel Robbins kick-ass type conversations. What's really going on? What's, what's worrying you? What's concerning you? What are your challenges? So I, I think the powerful or one of the powerful messages is discuss, have people you can talk to. Mm. All right, and wraps up, I've got some final words from Noel. Noel says, Has the world really come to the place where educated adults find the need to curse and swear to make a point? Double question mark. What a shame this may have some value, but it was too offensive to continue. Sad. Oh, gosh. We would love to know what you made of Mel Robbins' kick-ass. All you have to do is head to the What's the Story Facebook group, say your piece, ask us any questions at all, and we'll even pop a little bit of sweet behind-the-scenes stuff on that Facebook group too. Celia Bacola, Andrew May, Thank you so much for joining me on What's the Story? Pleasure. Good luck on the next chapters of your life. Thank you. It's been fun. So what you did there. You get it. (laughs) You get it. Shut up, Celia and Sharon. And thanks to you for listening. Join me on the next episode of What's the Story in a couple of weeks' time when I'll reveal to you the next Editor's Extra that we'll be discussing on the show. Just a reminder of how it all works. If you're an Audible member, you'll get one credit each month to use on any audiobook of your choice. You'll also get the selected Editor's Extra, a bonus bestseller that members are loving. If you're a newbie, just head to audible.com.au slash story to get involved and start listening. Oh, and of course, I couldn't talk to Mel Robbins without getting some sweet, sweet free life coaching for myself. I reckon this would come up a lot in your work. With social media, we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people and where we should be, quote unquote, in life. How do I not do that anymore, Mel Robbins? How do I fix that part of my brain? Oh my God, what a great question. I think it's hard to go through life and not be jealous of people. Use your jealousy as a way to shine a light on the things that you aren't doing. So forget the Lamborghini. What is it about the person that has it that really 
interests you. So for example, one person that I, I notice that I'm jealous of a fair amount is The Rock, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and We're all jealous of The Rock. Well, I, we right, be I the don't want to be The Rock. I don't. And I don't want to... No, I want to be The Rock. You want to be The Rock? I'd love to be The Rock. I'd love to be The Rock. I want to be with The Rock and, and smooch him and marry him and run away oh, with he, him. Oh, he forever. seems absolutely amazing. But what I noticed is, oh, what I'm really interested in and what I love about The Rock, but it was showing up as jealousy, is the guy is like all about being the underdog and he's all about empowering people and he's launching a tequila line and he's got an Under Armour line, and he's now <laughs> producing his own movies. And here he is, the big buff motherfucker wearing a bomber jacket with a floral design, because he gives zero fucks what any of us think. And so there are pieces to what he's doing that I aspire to do. Thank you very much. That is very insightful and helpful. Like the rest of Kick-Ass is, Mel Robbins, thanks for your time on What's the Story? You're awesome. Bye, honey. You hear that, The Rock? You're not better than me! Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins and this episode of What's the Story has covered some pretty heavy stuff that we know can be overwhelming for some people. So if you or someone you know is struggling and needs to talk to someone, please remember you can always contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Loved Kick-Ass and ready for your next great listen? Mel Robbins is back with Take Control of Your Life. This life-changing Audible original will help you get to grips with the single biggest obstacle we face, fear. Or perhaps you're ready to turn what you want into the life that you live. In Super Attractor, from New York Times bestselling author Gabrielle Bernstein, you'll learn how to confidently claim your desires, do less and attract more, and how to feel a sense of awe each day as you witness miracles unfold. Listen to Take Control of Your Life and Super Attractor now on Audible.